0: Right, well, we're glad you chose to join us here online with Emmanuel uh, Baptist Church, and we want you to join with us as we sing.
1: How firm a foundation! saints of the Lord Is laid for your faith In this excellent word What more can he say Than to you he has said To you who for refuge To Jesus have led Fear not he is with us Made. For He is our God, our sustainer and strength. He'll be our defender and cause us to stand. Upheld by His merciful, almighty hand. Our firm, our foundation. And we will not be shaken Jesus' firm foundation The soul that is trusting in Jesus as Lord Will press on enduring the darkest of storms, and though even hell should endeavor to shake, he'll never, no never, no never forsake, he'll never, no never, no never forsake.
2: Well, good morning and welcome again to IBC Online. I love that we're doing this. I love that you guys have logged in and have watched and have viewed and have shared our link. I'm so thankful for that. As a matter of fact, right now, as we are uh, here online, we as a church are gathered out in our parking lot for our drive-in church. It's the very first time we've ever done anything like that. And you're thinking, well, why are we not recording that Well, we're recording this just in case anything crazy happens. We still wanted to be able to put something online for those of you who didn't feel comfortable coming out or maybe could not make it uh, this morning, and so we are putting this online as well. And so as you watch this, will you just be in prayer for drive-in church as we meet and as we gather as a church together for the first time in a while? Just listen, thank you so much for watching this. TJ is going to come back up. He's going to continue to lead us in worship. Our prayer is that you would worship along with us. The words are going to be on the screen. You're going to be able to see a little bit better than we did last week. And so just know that we are praying for you as you are watching along with us. Let's pray together, and then we'll have TJ come back up. Father, we love you and we thank you for today. Thank you for the technology that we have to be able to pull off things like this. And God, we are so thankful that we as a church are continuing to be the church, not confined to a building, but Father, as hands and feet of Jesus throughout our community all week long and still able to gather even in an unnormal circumstance. God, this is is still church and we're so thankful that we get to do it like this. Father, be honored with our worship as we sing. It's in Jesus' name. Name we pray, Amen.
0: Praying through this week and this service, uh, this verse came to mind in First Peter, and I know this verse pertains to the persecuted Christian uh, back in their day. But I believe it's a truth we can carry on today. And and it says this is that we shouldn't fear what everyone else fears, uh, but that we should set apart Christ as Lord, and we should be ready at any at a moment's notice. Uh, to give an answer for the hope that we portray to have. And, uh, and I just believe that's so true uh, in a time right now of uncertainty, stuff that none of our generation has, has ever experienced, that uh, we could let fear run our lives or we could stand on the foundation of God himself and know that his truth and his promises for us to always care for us and always to be there for us is a hope that we can hang on to. So as we continue to sing, uh, we want to hang on to that hope, uh, just as we sing this next song, uh, Because He Lives, that, that states that truth, that because He lives, we can face tomorrow and whatever tomorrow holds. So join with us as we sing.
1: is uh... Let's Z
0: Continue to worship with us as we sing mighty to save.
1: i live my life
0: truth, that he is mighty to save, and he's conquered the grave. Well, as we continue to worship, um, let's keep this truth in mind, that our God is the great I am, that the mountains bow before him, and the demons, they run and flee, at the mention of his name, the King of majesty. So we want to keep that truth in mind, so as we sing, just follow along. I want to be close,
1: close to your side, so heaven is real, death is alive, I want to hear voices mm, singing as one, hallelujah, holy, holy, God almighty great i am who is worthy none beside thee god almighty the great shake before him the demons run and flee at the mention of the name king of majesty
0: Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that the very things we sing are are truths that we find in your word, Father, that just as you spoke to Moses and Moses questioned of who do I say sent me, and you said, you tell them I am sent you, because, Father, the name and the, the greatness of who you are speaks for itself. We don't have to do any explanation. Father, just people have to open their eyes and see your creation to know that you exist. Father, we pray that you would instill in us a sense of hope during this time, a sense of boldness, a sense of confidence, of knowing that we are more than conquerors, Father, that we stand firm on your foundation and not on our own. Father, just as we rest in your Knowledge and understanding and not that understanding that, that we try to have. Because, Father, you are the great creator. And, Father, we just pray that you continue to grow us in our faith, continue to grow us in strength. And, Father, give us that, that sense of hope, Father, and, and give us a, an answer ready for when people see us, and ask what hope we could possibly have, we can point them to you through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Father, as Matt comes and preaches, I pray that you give uh, him the words to say, uh, Father, that the Spirit would be mightily moving uh, in this place uh, through the words that he delivers from the truth of your word. Father, we love you, and we worship you in all of your majesty and all of your glory. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
2: Well, good morning and uh, welcome again to IBC Online. Thank you for uh, watching along with us. and. Uh, man, last week was incredible. Uh, I just got updated numbers right before we started. That uh, all in all, between the Facebook posts and our website, we've had close to fifteen hundred views of our service, and that that's just incredible. That means that uh, that in in our little neck of the community, that this church has obviously gone beyond its walls, right? And and that means that's a big testament to you, church. That means that you guys have uh, shared the link, that you've been involved, that you've been talking about this, that uh, I've gotten texts and emails over the last week saying that so-and-so in Texas has been watching or so-and-so in North Arkansas have been watching. Man, I'm so thankful that we're able to do this, thankful for a church that has uh, the heart to invest in technology so that we can do things like this. It's just really incredible, and, and I, I believe that it's just a, a, a testament to what you are and who you are as a church, and here's what my prayer is. My prayer is that through all of this, the whole, I hate to use the word pandemic, but Uh, through the whole uh, deal of the coronavirus, that God uses the church to bring people who are far from him back home that he, he uses the church to maybe introduce uh, Jesus to somebody for the very first time, that that we can, uh, that we can have conversations and, and spur conversations to, to bring people back, maybe who have been out or maybe been doing life on their own, uh, living life on their own, and we can bring them back home and have this incredible uh, Genesis 50-20 moment. You guys know this. This is uh, what you, you intended for harm, God intended for good, what is being accomplished right now, the saving of many lives. And man, we are praying for that. We're praying that uh, that God uses this time and our effort and our conversations uh, to spur people closer and closer to Him. Um. All of this is for his glory and not for ours. And last week we talked about uh, in uncertain times, right? Remember, if, if you've tuned in and watched last week, we talked about how the chaos of the storm can cause storms to rage in us, and how, how God can come in, He can calm that storm, and how really he, he, uh, he never leaves us to figure that out on our own, that He's in the boat with us. And, and man, what an incredible thought and an incredible comfort when it comes to that. And this week, there's been one word that's continued to resonate in my heart and really just kind of be, be at the forefront. It's brought me a lot of peace. It's brought me a lot of assurance this week. And, uh, and, and I, I want to share our message around this one word. Now, here's what I know. I know that when we think back about growing up, that a lot of us grew up in different situations, right Some of you grew up with a with what we would call an iron fist home right where uh, where when you went home, it was like you went behind the steel curtain of the Soviet Union that there were expectations and rules and guidelines and uh, all these things that were in place and if you broke or did not meet or maybe even exceed those rules and expectations, there were swift and predictable consequences to that right and then I believe there are other people who who grew up basically raised by hippies and gypsies right because there was just this love and peace and it didn't matter and mistakes are relative and and love ruled the day and if if it if you just if your whole life just went down the tube it doesn't matter because love ruled Uh, I think if you grew up in the Iron Fist house, you hated the hippie and gypsy people, right? And if you grew up in the hippie and gypsy house, you thought, how in the world can you even survive with an Iron Fist? A majority of us probably grew up with a, a good blend of both of those, where, yes, there were rules, and yes, there were expectations, but yes, there was also love and mercy and grace, and all those things kind of coexisted all together. But here's, here's what I'm thinking. I, you're probably thinking, what in the world does it have to do with anything? It all has to do with our word for the day, and that's authority because here's what I know. I know that no matter what we knew, whatever home we grew up in, how far we could push. We knew what we could get away with. We knew what we could not get away with. We knew when we had crossed the line and when we had uh, kind of just pushed our luck a little bit too far. And sometimes, I would almost be willing to bet, we always knew who was in charge. But sometimes it took that that familiar sound of, of dad's belt ripping through those belt loops to remind <laughs> us of who was in charge. And so what i think 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 about authority and I think about who's really in charge I think it's incredible that when Jesus shows up one of the very first things that people start talking about of who he is is the authority that he possessed and that he had if you look back at Mark chapter 1 verse 22 it says this the people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority Mark one twenty seven. the people were all so amazed that they asked each other, what is this A new teaching and with authority? If you fast forward even to Luke chapter 4, it talks about how they were amazed at this teaching because his words had authority. There's just something about how Jesus taught and what he said that commanded this kind of response to people of a response to his authority. Now in our world, especially today, we're hearing a lot of things from our authorities, right? We have social distancing and self-quarantining and reminders to stay home and stay safe. Little Rock just put into place their campaign of stay in and tell a friend. I don't know who thought that up, but they probably got paid a lot of money. And so we have all these kind of things. That we're, businesses are not allowed to service customers. We have to shut certain things down. We've got curfews and we've got uh, crowd limitations. It's the reason why we're doing IBC online. But when communications like this begin to happen, there's also something, I believe, that kind of comes along with that. And there's this kind of growing sense of Fear. I believe that we honor and we respect, obviously, our authorities and them and the job that they are doing. And I am not in any means reactionary but as a person. I, I try to be very intentional with the, the way that I respond to certain issues. But the reality is this just like last week when we talked about uncertain circumstances, those uncertain circumstances often pull in a sense of fear within us and and we talked last week about how god can calm the storm he never leaves us alone but what about this growing sense of fear this real emotion of fear in our heart well that's where i believe our word of the day comes in and that's authority authority so if you've got your Bible, go with me to Luke chapter 12. Uh, and let me give you a little bit of context. Let me tell you what's going on here. At this point, uh, Jesus is uh, kind of headlong into his ministry. He's already healing folks. He's teaching. He's he's known as this incredible teacher, this rabboni, this healer, this man of God. They all Everybody kind of understands that there's something different about who Jesus is. And then in Luke chapter 11, he kind of lights into... Uh, the Pharisees, what happens is Jesus is out teaching and one of the Pharisees, there's always a crowd of them around, and one of them says, hey, will you come back to my house and eat? And Jesus said, sure, I'll do that. And so he goes to the Pharisee's house and he begins to eat without washing his hands. And I know that's the rule of the day today, right? But he did this on purpose because that was a big ceremonial no-no in their time. He always washed. It was all about this idea of being clean and cleanliness. And the Pharisee kind of, he kind of gets on to Jesus. How could you do that? How dare you? And Jesus looks at him and says, listen, you're more concerned about the outside than you are the inside. As a matter of fact, he looks at them and he says, you're like unmarked graves that people walk over without even noticing. It's an in-your-face comment. And we all are like, yeah, get them right? And then one of the religious leaders or the the the, the law kind of givers and all that kind of stuff is there. And he goes, hey, listen, Jesus, when you, when you talk like that, you kind of make everybody look bad. Can you please not do that? And then Jesus turns his attention to him and really kind of starts hammering down on him as well. And he says, listen, you're the reason why all the prophets are dead. You guys are the ones who killed everybody from uh, Abel to Zechariah, right? He he just puts all this burden and responsibility on this guy. And and we're all standing back going, get on Jesus, right? Because we love that when he does that. And then if you read in the chapter 12, that, that all pulls right into chapter 12. Look at the very first part of verse 1. It says, meanwhile, so while all this is happening, there's a crowd that's gathering. It says, a crowd of many thousands gathered so that they were trampling on one another. Jesus began to speak first to his disciples. Now, this is very interesting. Thousands of people are gathering. obviously, they're not self-quarantining. Obviously, this is not the same kind of situation that we're in. But to the point where, where it's getting out of control. Becoming pretty chaotic. They're trampling each other. And who does he address? He addresses his disciples first. He just got through calling out all the Pharisees and the religious leaders and this crowd's kind of building. And, and he turns to his guys, to his twelve, to his to his friends and his followers first. And he says, read the rest of that verse. Jesus began to speak to the first to his disciples, saying, Be on your guard. Against the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Now, in the moment, we're thinking, Okay, that's kind of an odd statement to make with all this happening around us the hypocrisy of the pharisees is something that we're all familiar with we understand that we we understand kind of on our side of of this story we can kind of see the backstory with them and how they they claimed one thing but they really lived another it was a little kind of a selfish kind of back and forth that they did and and we under even understand that hypocrisy if not contained can begin to spread like wildfire within our own life as well but we We kind of pause and go. Well, hang on. You're talking to your disciples, like you're talking to your guys. Like they're good. They've been with you this whole time. They they've they've experienced everything that you experienced. They're they're learning from directly from you. Surely they're good. And even on top of all that, look at this situation. This crowd is out of control. It's chaos. This is almost a pandemonium type situation. But he never addressed the crowd in this moment. He 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 could have. He could have. He could have calmed all that, but he decided he was going to go deeper. He was going to be even more intentional in this moment. He went to his people. Now, church, draw hard lines here. Connect some dots. With all that's going on and the chaos of what seems like things are kind of out of control and it's just building and building and building, Jesus could have stopped all that in this moment, but he chose instead to speak directly to his people. And, and to teach them something incredible through the chaos surrounding them. I think he could have stopped all that. I think he could have said, no, I'll, let, me, let me calm all this down and then I'll try to teach you. But he said, I'm going to teach you something in the middle of all this chaos. Look what he says to him. Verse 2 and 3 says, There's nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight and what you have whispered in the ear of the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs. And we all read that and say, oh, no, right? What if, church, what if everything that you have ever said or thought or mumbled under your breath was being shouted from the rooftops right now? That would be incredible. You'd be calling each other, saying, Hey, come over to this side of town. Karen's on blast over here. And you said, No, listen, I'm listening to Deborah. Remember Deborah? I keep picking on Deborah. But remember, I'm listening to Deborah on this side of town. It's incredible. You'll never believe what she was thinking. And, and Jesus is saying, Listen, all this stuff is going to be made known. And remember who he's talking to. He's talking to his disciples. We'd almost expect him to be talking to the Pharisees, right? But he's not. He's addressing his people, can you imagine the sense of fear and panic that swept over the disciples? Like this, this is a different kind of fear. This is not like a fear of, well, there's a bear over there who may eat me. I'm afraid of him. Or, or maybe even our own phobias of like snakes and spiders, things like that. Those are tangible, like real life. We can see them fearful things. What Jesus is telling His disciples, your actions, your thoughts, and your secrets, this fear is a fear of what if. What, what if so-and-so find out what I really said? What if everyone really knew what I was thinking? What if what I did last month became public knowledge? How many of us over the last three weeks have had these what-if conversations, right? We've done this in our own home. What if this lasts? Uh, All the way through summer. What if uh, I can't find the food that we need? Some of you are thinking like, what if I lose my job or I can't pay my bills? What if is a different kind of fear, right? What if it doesn't have a tangible item to it? There's no object there. There's just uncertainty of the possibility of what if. If anything can happen, what if the worst thing happened? What I love about this is that Jesus knows exactly what the disciples and what we are thinking. He drops this bomb on them of everything that you ever thought or mumbled or are done is going to be made public and then he 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 presses in a little bit he he lets them process that for just a second and then he draws them to a deeper reality i I think He doesn't want us to say surface level in this. And and I don't think we should this morning either. Look at verse 4. He says this. I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body. And after that can do no more. Here's what he's telling the disciples. He says, listen, your concern in this moment is how this will affect you how it will affect your relationships, what people think, what will people do in retaliation to all the things that you've thought and said and, uh, and done. This is, you're looking more flat, you're looking more horizontal than you should. He's saying, why are you afraid of them? All they can do is kill you. And we're thinking, well, that's kind of a big deal, Jesus. We don't, Nobody's volunteering to say, hey, put everything I've ever thought, uh, make it public knowledge, and then if they, anybody wants to kill me for that, they can, right? Nobody's signing up on that list. But then Jesus draws them even deeper. And he says in verse 5, look at this. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after killing your body has the authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. This is so perfect, right? And some of you are thinking, Pastor, that's a little harsh, right? That's a little heavy. But here's, here's what's going on. Jesus just took all of our what-if scenarios. All of our what-if this happens or what-if that happens. And he says, hey, listen, don't focus on those things. Focus on something even bigger. Yes, our situations can play out and your life can be affected in one way or the other. And, and, you know, our day in and day out can drastically be different. and, And for the foreseeable future, we don't know what that's going to look like. But if your conversation is more about your inconvenience than it is about Him, then you've missed it if your conversations is more about the fear of earthly circumstance or the fear of even death, then, then, then you've missed the bigger picture here. If it's more about those things than it is about God, then we're not talking about the right things. I've told as many people as I can tell, I've even said it, uh, I think, even here this morning, this is the best time to share what we believe and how we have hope and joy in uncircumstances. When fear and uncertainty and panic are prevalent, then there's one conversation that we need to be having over and over and over. It's about the one, there's our word, who has authority over all these things, who has authority over our fear and our uncertainty, over our situation and over the chaos of the circumstance of our life, we can talk about the one who has authority. That word authority means power, permission, strength, rule, and liberty. And church, listen, our our understanding of God's authority, listen, His authority is not limited to after death. His authority is not uh, bound by earthly circumstances. It's not hindered by our lack of faith. His authority is over all things, all the time. Now, In the context of our scripture here, Jesus is telling the disciples, saying, "Listen, don't be afraid of these earthly consequences. Don't be, don't fear people's reaction. Don't, don't fear their retaliation. Really, fear the one who knows your heart and knows all that stuff anyway. Who, who?" If you're living this hypocritical life, remember he's talking about hypocrisy and the yeast of the Pharisees. If you're living this hypocritical life, if you're claiming faith but you really don't have it, or if you're claiming one thing but you're really not living it, fear the one who has ultimate authority over all that. Don't leave your focus on earthly fear. Put your focus on him. And so even in our context and the things that's going on in our world, we are not to be afraid of those what-if Scenarios. Don't fear those temporary effects on our lives. Fear the one who has authority over all of them anyway. Right? Don't leave your focus on earthly fear. Point your focus on Him. Draw conversations to Him. Point people to the one who has authority over all of this mess anyway. Listen, I've had multiple conversations with people over the last couple of weeks. Do you feel like this is. Uh, a revelation playing out in front of us? Do you feel like this is a sign of the end times? Do you feel like this virus is maybe uh, apocalyptic in nature? And you know what my answer is every time? I don't know. But what better time to talk about Jesus? My answer is, I don't know. But, but what better opportunity for us to point people to the one who they need to be worried about right now more than anything else. Who knows what's going to happen? Who knows how long this is going to last? Who knows the answer to all those what-if scenarios that we've been asked and we've been asking ourselves, but we do know one thing. We know the one who has ultimate authority over every situation that we face. Church, we have to draw our focus back to Him. He is the one who pulls all of this together. Now here's my last thought, and I'm going to wrap up. Do you notice Jesus' verbiage when he's speaking to his disciples? Right. If we go back and we look that he drops this bomb on them in verse 2 and 3, all your, uh, what you do and what you think and all your secrets, all that's going to be made known. And, and you can just imagine the look on the disciples' face, right? Can I, You know that flush feeling, that pit of your stomach, your palms get sweaty, and you're just like, oh my goodness, what is going to happen now? And he drops all of that on them. And Jesus is not oblivious to our reaction to that. He's not oblivious to the disciples' reaction to that. He can read their body language. He knows their thoughts anyway, right? And look how he dressed them. At the beginning of verse 4, he says this, I tell you, my friends, that's an important word, and isn't that doesn't that just bring you to a, to a, a really interesting place of relationship with Jesus. He's not telling this stuff to frighten them. He's not telling them to incite panic of all the what ifs. He's not even telling them to to condemn them. He's telling them because he loves them. This word that Jesus uses here for friend is a is a pretty a uh, specific word. It's not It's not just a casual term for friend. It's called philos. That's the Greek word. It's, it's, it means, obviously, it means friend or uh, associate or familiarity, okay? But it also, in their culture, was a word that was used uh, when talking about a groom and a bride. Now, follow me on this because I think this is really neat. In, in Jesus' culture, when a groom or a man, and he wasn't a groom yet, wanted to ask his girlfriend to be his wife, okay, when he's proposing, he would do that by using a philos, a friend. So he would go to one of his best friends, one of his most trusted friends, and he'd say, hey, almost like junior high, hey, will you go ask her if she will marry me? And so the friend, the philos, would go and he would essentially propose for his friend. This philos would also uh, help work out all the details of the ceremony. He was, he was there as a, the major celebrator of all things uh, wedding in that moment. But you, you wouldn't use just anybody, right? You wouldn't, you wouldn't use just any random person. You would only use somebody that you trusted. You'd only use a true philos that you trusted to go and ask for the hand of your girlfriend in marriage. And this is the same term that Jesus uses when he looks at his disciples and he says, I tell you, my friends. He's not condemning them. He's not put out with them. He's not, he's not uh, dismissive or frustrated with their uh, response or annoyed by their thoughts and emotions and actions, all that stuff that he says is going to be shouted from the rooftop. He's, he's coming to us and he's speaking to us as our very best friend. Man. He's, he's reminding us, hey, hey friends, I, I've got this. I'm in control. I'm the, I'm the groom. I know exactly what's going on. Listen, church, he is for us. In the middle of all the chaos that may be surrounding us, in the middle of the chaos that was surrounding the disciples in this moment, he came to him and said, "Hey, hey, friends, I've got this. Hey friends, let me tell you something even bigger than all this that's happening. I just imagine this moment with Jesus and him just being so full of compassion for these men because he loved them and he wanted them to understand in the bigger context that when things seem to be crazy, when things to be seem to be falling apart, when people are literally being trampled, listen, don't fear all this. Fear the one who has the authority over all of it. Church, I believe that's the lesson for us today, and I hope that, that as you begin to think through all your what-if scenarios, that maybe you can just pause. You can just take a second, take a step back, and go, you know what? God has authority over all of this, and so I'm going to trust in Him. God has authority over my fear. God has authority over all of this that's happening and God has authority over me, and so my response to His authority is going to be, I'm going to tell as many people about Him as I can. Will you pray with me? Father, we love you, and we thank you for this morning. Thank you for an opportunity to, to be able to just focus in on what matters most in the middle of the chaos, in the middle of our uncertain circumstance, God. We know that you calm the storm in us. We know that you, that you are in the boat with us from last week. But Father, this week, we know that you have authority. And so, Father, we just run to you, we submit to you, we give you everything that we have, everything that we are. And God, we just ask that that our focus be on you, that we not be distracted by the what-ifs, and that we truly, truly seek your face. Father, we love you. Thank you for this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you, church, for watching. Thanks for being a part of our service this morning online. Uh, I pray that... Uh, This is an encouragement to you, and it's something that you really enjoy and and continue to be a part and engaged in. There's a few announcements we want you to know about. That We are back, obviously, uh, from a spring break mindset, even though your kiddos may not be in school right now. We, as as a church, are operating uh, kind of back to normal, but uh, are back to our new normal, right? And so, uh, obviously, tonight uh, at 7 o'clock, our village and young adult small group is going to meet via Zoom. Uh, Lynn Blaylock led that discussion for us last week he 's doing a fantastic job, so there 'll be links in our uh, Facebook and our our texting service to all that. If you want to join into any of that conversation we 'd love to have you uh, join into that and then uh, this week obviously our staff is still here everybody's where they're supposed to be Um, if you need us please feel free to get a hold of us or call the church office we're happy to help out in any way if you need someone to go get groceries or if you need somebody to help out around some things in your house and and you just can't or you don't feel comfortable getting out please call us we're happy to come and help do those things now what's going to happen on wednesday because the kids are still out of school um, wednesday nights are still kind of shut down here uh, Dustin's going to do his uh, online midweek service, and so I'll be looking for uh, information and links about all that. And then this week, I'm also going to host our Wednesday night adult Bible study uh, through the Zoom links as well. And so if you have questions about how to set that up or how to log into that, uh, just call the church office this week. We'd be happy to walk you through. We may even need to come to your house and show you how to do it on your device or on your computer. We're happy to do all that. But uh, we have a couple of different options for small groups. And so take advantage of those. Don't miss out on that. There's a big part of church that is community and that is fellowship. And, and we want you to be a part of all those things. I'll make another big announcement video at some point this next week, uh, kind of giving you the heads up of what's going to happen for this next Sunday. Uh, but man i am so thankful that you watch today thanks for being a part of all things ibc and thanks for being the church not confined to these four walls but the church of god that that spreads out through all the nations and god let our let our focus and let our attention be on him and not all the chaos around us thanks for watching today we'll see you next week Bye bye